everybody. Welcome uh, to Fresh Out the Podcast, the only podcast where you can podcast while you podcast. I am Jahananan, the board game guru and game master extraordinaire. I'm Casualty CDG, and I'm currently podcasting while I podcast, and I invite you to do the same. Please podcast while you podcast with Fresh Out the Podcast. I'm a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective turned tabletop titan and improv comedian? I wanted to leave that, that nice little pause there. <laughs> I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the fun house, Drew Munhausen. They say professional media mastermind because I, too, as a media mastermind, can podcast while I podcast. So, you know, th that's why we're all here together. That's that's what's brought us together. What is it that makes you a, a professional media mastermind and not a professional media minion mind? Now, are you, are you saying minion like like the minions from the Despicable Me movies? Like the small yellow minions? Well, I, I guess... have a single eye. Or are I'm, you saying... I mean it in, in sort of the, the same sense in that they are minions to a mastermind, but not in that you're literally a little yellow person. Like a little yellow one-eyed critter. Also, oh, uh, some of them have two eyes. If I was a minion, though, who would I be minion to? All right. You know what? <laughs> you have dug me far deeper in a hole than I wanted to be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have done this. I promise to veer, veer uh, away from he's, this. He's right a professional now. because every time they pay him, every time he says podcast. No, you know it's funny because they say like I, I dig our titles and movie mastermind. It's funny because there are, you know, cinephiles that watch so many more movies than I do. Because they're like a bunch of super nerds and stuff. Um, <laughs> but I watch, you know, like on average, and it's sad that I know this, but it's because I do log every movie that I watch. So that, I mean, that's pretty Yeah, funny. you know, nerds. Nerds don't do that. But I, I probably <laughs> average around like between 200, 250 movies that I watch per year these, these days. Um, there are people that watch like a movie per day, if not more. That are out there and you know i like to, to n think of myself as mastermind is like i keep on top of the news i've watched a lot of the required viewing you know but i also like the pop culture -y stuff too like i like the marvel movies and i like the franchise stuff and i have fun with that stuff and there are some cinephiles who are like Ugh, marvel's destroyed cinema and franchises and <laughs> and like i get that but but i like that stuff and I'm just, you know, I do my, my I try to you know, research my history and know the roots, but I'm also not, like, watching the films of Wong Kar Wai late at night or, you know, like, in film noir and the Criterion Collection every night. That's just not me, but... There, there um, are so many worse things to happen to movies before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't feel like... I, I, there's just no way. There's just no way Marvel destroyed movies. So it's funny because this little intro, <laughs> strange, jagged path that we just took from our intro <laughs> actually leads into our discussion topic pretty well. And actually something on last week's episode Gary had touched on, he mentioned, um, I think we said something about Amazon Prime Video. And he specifically said, I'm not planning to, to pay for get Amazon Prime Video to the Lord of the Rings series comes out and and 
what's relevant is that there's a whole lot of different streaming content now. Of course, it used to be you cut the cord from your cable because you were only subscribing to Netflix or Hulu and you could get things you wanted there. And now there's just more and more services coming out that makes your your streaming bill similar, if not more, than what your cable bill may have been. That's what I was uh, thinking. Like, there's almost a reason to go back to cable, except before those words came out of my mouth, I was like, "That's it's not that far yet, you know? We haven't gotten there yet. Right. So um, a year, a little over a year ago, uh, a little film called Tenet came out in theaters. That's uh, Christopher <laughs> Nolan's mm-hmm. most recent film. And, you know, he was adamant that it be seen in theaters. And so Warner Brothers released it. There was a lot of kind of behind the scenes talk of like Warner Brothers didn't want to release it, but Nolan was really pushing that people were ready to go back to the theaters. And so it was kind of the the big return to theaters movie. And it came at a time during the pandemic where, pe- you know, it just didn't catch on that way. And it made, it made some money. It stayed in theaters for forever also because it was one of the only things that was out for a while. Um, but it wasn't long after Tenet came out that Warner Brothers announced their plan for 2021, where they said that all of their theatrical slate of movies for 2021 would be in theaters and on HBO Max on the same day. And when that news was announced, which, of course, we're, we're in that year, we've been in a year now of or nine months of movies coming out on on HBO Max and in theaters on the same day. Heck, one just came out uh, at the time of this recording, this past Friday, uh, Clint Eastwood's newest movie, Cry Macho, is now out on HBO Max and in theaters same day. So we're still in this. Um, and a lot of filmmakers, of course, uh, expressed their displeasure at this announcement because, you know, they're artists and they create their films to be seen on the big screen. And that's where they feel like you should see movies. And, and we've talked about this. We talked about the Denis Villeneuve quote a couple of weeks ago. Um the, if you remember the speedboat in the bathtub comparison of seeing Dune on the on the big screen compared to watching on your TV. Um, anyway, Christopher Nolan, um, after Tenet's release and after Warner Brothers announcing their plans, he made some comments about how he didn't agree with Warner Brothers' plans for 2021. And he also at that time referred to HBO Max, which was still very new as being the worst of the streaming services, which which we'll get into our opinions on that here in a minute. Um, that's that's an opinion that he has. I think there. there was a time when that opinion was true. Maybe so. so. Yeah, we'll get, I do not think that. Yeah, we'll get into that. <clears throat> but Christopher Nolan, all his movies uh, recently have been Warner Brothers. I mean, through the, the Batman trilogy that he did, Inception, Interstellar, um, The Prestige, you know, all those movies were released through Warner Brothers and uh, up through Tenet most recently. Um, it's official now that his next movie coming out, which is about the development of the atomic bomb, the atom bomb, uh, will be made with Universal. So this is a big change for him as somebody who's been pretty loyal to Warner Brothers and now He's moving over to Universal, which that means, you know, Universal is their streaming service is Peacock. So I don't know what that means. If, you know, his next movie will only be available for streaming on Peacock after its theatrical run. Like, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Well, if you want to make sure people never watch something at home, put it on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that? I don't even know what that is. 
<laughs> so so it got me thinking, you know, hearing he's now with Universal and, and that quote from Nolan has come up in the film circle again recently, even though it was made a while back. And it made me think, you know, we talk about all the different things we're watching here and the different streaming services and where you see it and what you subscribe to. And I was just curious, like, what's the best streaming service like or or not to say that we have to choose one definitive winner but what are the ones you know do you have ones that you prefer or do you have ones that you're partial to that you you know if you're gonna open up something this is the one that you usually go to first curious to get y'all thoughts uh yeah i love so i i have access to a lot of them through because i have a big family we share stuff uh and so I, I have HBO, I have Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, all that good stuff. Uh, it really depends on what I'm looking for. But my big two are definitely Netflix and Hulu. Uh, Hulu is really cool because I love their content. Their original content's coming a long way. The FX really brings the thunder uh, with a lot of that, the FX branding. Um, and then, I, we've talked about this before, but I will say... Hulu is the best streaming service for anime that is not an anime streaming service, uh, period. Hands down, Hulu has the best variety. Uh, they, they have so many, and then they also have good ones uh, on top of that. And so it really depends on what you're talking about. Uh, I saw that Netflix supposedly has the best original content. I'm not necessarily going to disagree with that because I love Black Mirror, Clickbait, uh, all the Marvel shows. I think that was definitely the case at at one point uh-huh. that Netflix had the best original slate. I, these days, they have so much coming out that I think the quality of those shows can differ greatly, definitely. depending on what it is. The Netflix, I mean, obviously, yeah, the Netflix brand say, doesn't necessarily mean quality these days. <laughs> Obviously, there's those shows they pump money into, like Stranger Things, and the ones that are that are some of the, have become some of their trademark series. Um, but there's so much other stuff that seems like it's being greenlit by Netflix that just kind of comes and goes. I think um, that this is going to be a really cool time to look back on, and it's going to remind us in hindsight of like the Monday Night Wars between WWE Raw and WCW. Because there are, and, and of course, Drew is wearing an AEW shirt now, uh, an, in, in the up and coming, you know, wrestling league. That I would, I would literally, I, I have tweeted multiple times to HBO and to Hulu to make AEW something I can fucking watch because I'm pretty sure they own TNT, and they could put it on one of their networks that I pay for two of. So they want me to pay for live Hulu to watch it, which I think is bullshit. Uh, I pay for two of your streaming services. Let me watch this fucking show. Yeah, I don't know um, who TNT falls under. But I think what I was saying is I think we're going to look back at these times and we're, in 20 years, we're going to be <laughs> experts of sorts on these streaming wars because a lot of these services are, have already come and gone. We've already watched a couple die. Um, and we watched HBO. It was split into so many different things. You know, it was HBO Go before and then they had HBO All Access or something. Uh, there was there was, all these different apps have been split. They've been reworked. They've been renamed, and we're right in the middle of it, at ground zero. So this is a great time to really get a pulse on what we think is going to be successful going forward, and, and what we like, and, and who we think the the big the big hitters are. Uh, and I'm with Jahan. I, I think that Hulu is one of the big ones. 
I think Hulu's going to stick around. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like Hulu. I was just going to say, I think you hit on some really key things. And as part of this discussion, because there's a whole other wormhole you can go down with the branding of some of these services and how confusing it is between how there was HBO Max and HBO Now and um, that was such a HBO mis- Go <clears throat> and all, and how it how it changed and even you know Peacock and and CBS All Access rebranding to Paramount Plus and Apple TV Plus versus Apple TV. I know there's people that get that kind of stuff confused. So Wasn't there? Didn't didn't uh, the History Channel or Nat Geo? Didn't they just combine with somebody? Nat and change- Geo is available on Disney. Plus. Disney Plus, isn't it? Yes, Nat Geo is, I believe, is Disney Plus, but Discovery Channel Discovery. and Discovery Plus, and they just merged with some. Yeah, there's a whole. I think with Warner Brothers or something. There's something going on behind this. And they changed their their uh, name and they changed their their image. They did something stupid that I'm not even sure what it is anymore. Yeah, it's it's worth. It's like that's the thing is where we have some of these services and even of the ones that are available now, probably some of them will die off at some point or they'll merge with another one or we're gonna <laughs> <Peacock>. see <laughs> some changes. Yeah, you know, Peacock just you you make jokes, but I think they're free. I think you can get Peacock for free with so But they I'm... are the ones that have all the WWE content now, Ooh. including all the pay per views and everything. So, I had yeah. Peacock on my Xbox and. I believe that I watched six seasons of Sci-Fi's Face Off on Peacock. What? And, and then the the last four seasons were on CBS Access, and so uh, I was paying for the no commercials version. So I got I got a look at Peacock, uh, and there was not a lot to watch, but Star Trek. Uh, no Star Trek Discovery was on CBS All Access, so I really don't know what there was to watch other than. Uh, you know. Face off, yeah. Face. I used to love Face Off, and if I'm not mistaken, not to name names or anything, but I do believe that we were at one point in talks uh, to have one of the winners of Face Off come play TTRPGs with us. You uh, are not, not wrong, my friend. It didn't happen, uh, it, but hey, uh, his name is Sig Neutron, and we are still friends. And perhaps he will come aboard one day. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's a cool fucking name, too. So, so y'all you kind of touched on this because netflix i think at one point was if you were gonna have one streaming service that you subscribed to you know maybe eight seven or eight years ago like that was gonna be netflix and i remember how groundbreaking it was with because you know netflix when they obviously they were the dvd mailing service and then they started netflix where you could stream movies and at the time when that launched it was just you could stream movies it was you know a movie library of of older movies that had been out in theaters or you know whatever and that's what it was they did not have original content and i think it was house of cards that was their first big original show and that you know obviously took off and then following that was things like the, the new house Black of and, cards collapsed <laughs> yes it Yes, it sure did. And I do actually believe that the noise that you hear uh, at the beginning of the show, the da-dun, is actually a soundbite from uh, House of Cards as a nod to the beginnings of their original content. Oh, the the login noise of Netflix? Da-dun! Yeah, that. 
So, so like, but now, as I kind of already touched on, they have a surplus of original content that nobody will ever be able to watch all of it because there's just so much. Um, and there's stuff for everyone, which I think that that's great. For me, personally, as somebody who just likes watching movies, and first off, worth noting, Netflix's original movies, too, I think still have a little bit of a stigma associated they're, with them. Like, they're not very good, and I don't catch myself enjoying very many of them. And I just have to think, how easy is it to sell a fucking script to Netflix? Let's they do it, Gary. Out, they put out so much garbage. They now, put out a lot of trash. Now, granted, they are working with some prestige directors, too, and we've seen them dump money into some projects in the past years because they're trying hard to get their Best Picture Oscar. Netflix wants it so bad. And they've had movies <laughs> yeah. that they've pushed a few years ago. It was Roma. You know, then they dumped money into Martin Scorsese's The, the Irishman and, and Marriage Story, and they had Eddie Murphy's big comeback with, uh, Dolomite is my name. So, like, you know, they are they do have some great, some truly great Netflix original movies. But I would say that's, you know, that's not the majority. You <laughs> forgot to mention trash. You forgot to mention all of Adam Sandler's movies. Yes, yeah. Which that's a very lucrative deal for Adam Sandler. He's doing just fine. Mm -hmm. um, the quality of those movies on real the other hits, hand, real hits amongst all of them. He's had some real bangers. Uh, I mean, I don't end. know if there's any Sandy Wexler stands up in here, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure it has fans. I'm sure that they're they're out there. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have a little bit of a soft spot for Hubie Halloween. Man, that yes. movie was dumb, but I. I Probably one of the ones I enjoyed the most. Hubie Halloween was great. Uh, so as you're talking about like them chopping at the bit for that that award, uh, I feel like we should probably mention uh, their upcoming movie uh, that is headlining Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep. Uh, this is something I believe was like recently announced. Um, I believe you're referring to Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up, yes. Uh, and it has uh, a pretty <laughs> has pretty star-studded cast. Leonardo DiCaprio, Ariana Grande, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Evans. Like, they're going for it. Um, for sure. And that's directed by Adam McKay, who's who, you know, he did... Was originally made his name with comedies like Anchorman, Step Brothers, but then more recently he did The Big Short <sighs> and Vice, the Dick Cheney movie. And now this. And so, yeah, this is obviously a huge power play by Netflix. They've got this and they have another movie that's been at all the film festivals recently getting really good reviews. A film by Jane Campion called um, The Power of the Dog, which has Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons and um, a few others. And that's getting really, really good reviews. And both of those come out, I think, December-ish, which is prime time that's you know we're, we're getting into the midst of award seasons once we get into late october november december that's when all those um uh, awards movies start coming out and so netflix is going to be vying for uh for some of those for sure and even in the future we're going to see apple tv plus in there too because uh, i believe the current movie that martin scorsese just wrapped filming called killers of the flower moon uh, I believe was acquired by Apple TV or they're funding it. So that'll be on there next year. And that'll be a big awards contender. And that's got Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and 
um, you know, those folks in it too. So it's... I, I do remember a few years ago there was a whole there was a whole thing, right? Didn't Spielberg kind of uh, headline spearhead a whole thing about how streaming movies aren't uh-huh. real Academy worthy yep. movies and. Uh, <laughs> He, I he's think... essentially one of the the faces of the movement to block Netflix and the streamers from the Oscars and the big award shows. That was a thing, and and that movement has essentially failed. Yeah, I was going to say mean, it's I... a fucked up movement, and it was bullshit. And you're trying to gatekeep uh, artistry, and it's just you know fuck that. <laughs> and actually, to show how the times have changed since then, I believe Amblin, uh, which is Steven Spielberg's production company has struck up a deal with Netflix, uh, or it might not be Netflix, but one of the streaming services um, in the future. So, that, uh, you know, a certain uh, a multi-picture deal where some of their movies will be made directly for the streaming service. So that just goes to show how things have changed, even in just a couple of years. Yeah, you can't deny um, the rise of streaming. It's, it's impossible. Um, Tubi? I don't know if you guys mess with Tubi. That's one of, like, the obscure ones that's free. I know of it. Uh, we jumped on Tubi to watch the old. <laughs> that's where I watched the old Lego Master stuff, the Australian one and the British one. Uh, and so there are there there's some things on Tubi, some you know deep cuts. It's got commercials. It kind of sucks. It will die eventually. Uh, I don't mess with Fubo, but that's another streaming service that's out there. I think that one is for live streaming sports, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so we'll see how that one goes in the future. They could get bought out or they could, you know, in 10 years from now, it could be the only one to watch. Who knows? I believe that, that, that it's it's one of those where you can pay by channel or whatever you want to subscribe to. I think that's how Fubo TV works is like if you want NFL Red Zone, you can get it through that. Or if you want, you know, whatever station, I think that's how it works. But don't don't quote me on it. As I say that on a podcast that's been recorded. That Generally, Hulu. Uh, Hulu's my go-to, I would say. And and now uh, I was able to watch the Orville. When the Orville was coming out, of course, that's going to Disney Plus now. And so I don't suspect it will be on both. I think it will only be on Disney Plus. But the cool thing about Hulu is you can bundle uh, with Disney Plus and ESPN if you're into that kind of thing. You can also uh, bundle with HBO because I have you can also HBO. yeah you can also bundle it with HBO so like Hulu has a lot built in uh, that keeps it up there because like Disney Plus when Disney Plus was coming out I thought it was so stupid and I was mad I was like why what do, what do they have like what are they gonna do uh, but the original content uh, that they've been just hammering out lately all the stuff that's coming out uh, specifically Marvel stuff has been so just amazing. Uh, well, I and I thought we were we... almost tapped out of the Marvel stuff for this year, and then boom, the Hawkeye trailer. Oh arrived, god! And, that, and that's coming out in November, so like we're, we're not even done with with just the 2021 it, Marvel Hawkeye series on Disney Plus. Looks awesome. <laughs> I'd like to point out that to to Drew's point that he made when we very first started this conversation, and what Jahan just said now is. In, in Hulu, you can add your packages on, right? So, like I said, I have the HBO package. John said your Disney package. And so we're back to, we were cutting cable yeah. because we only had one streaming service. And now we're paying as much for a single streaming service as we would for a cable package. Or if you're having multiple streaming services, you know, your little $12 here adds up. And I think Hulu just announced they're raising their price by another dollar every year. 
and uh, it's it's that's just that is the streaming world that we live in. And luckily, between all of us, we were able to talk about most of these things. Paramount Plus, I uh, I had CBS All Access, <laughs> and I didn't even realize. Well, I knew I knew they got bought out. I knew they got bought out. I heard that it happened, and I didn't really care. And then I was looking at my bills, and uh, I was like, the fuck am I still paying for this CBS for? And was like, oh, yeah, they changed their app. Let's open it up and look at it before I get rid of it. And I've been watching Everybody Hates Chris. And I know it's not new, and, but I've never seen it before. And Everybody Hates Chris is awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm loving this show. But other than Everybody Hates Chris... Uh, they have Star War or Star Trek Lower Decks, which I it's I thought it was a kids show. Oh, the animated series, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a kids show, but it's not. It's like an adult comedy, and so I'm curious to watch that. The trailer didn't look completely obnoxious. And you said so this is on Paramount. Yeah, this is on on Paramount Plus now. See, my and, experience uh, with Paramount is because my dad loved watching uh, Yellowstone, uh, and so that's another big one that they have. Uh, it's about. Uh, this okay. giant landowner, and it's. Uh, I actually believe the future of of Yellowstone is is on Peacock. So there you oh, go. Oh wow! <laughs> Got Peacock blocked. I believe. I think yeah, that's you, their... yeah, you did, and you were talking <laughs> shit about Peacock. <laughs> I never so, heard of it before. So my go-to of these actually, and this isn't a huge surprise because I'm like the movie guy. But I love HBO Max. I think that they have the best film library of any of the streaming services. Because um, Netflix is really, they you know, they, they have a lot of movies you can stream on there in addition to their original content. But it's not nearly the volume that they used to have on there because they're really pushing their originals. But HBO Max has the best just film library, period. In my opinion. However, the streaming service that probably gets the most play in my house currently is Paramount Plus because, well, there's a twist to this. I have a 20 month old daughter, and Paramount Plus is the home of all the Nick Jr. shows and everything. So, ah. like, Paw Patrol, she will watch that because anything with puppies dogs blues clues all of that kind of stuff is on paramount plus and she that's the type of stuff that we can put on for her that she'll kind of watch so paramount plus has gotten a whole lot of of time in my household but not because i've been watching it and not because my wife's been watching it but for my daughter i think the only show i've watched myself on paramount plus because i like the challenge on mtv and they did a challenge all-star season that was exclusive to paramount plus that i watched on there but otherwise let me, uh, let me jump on the hbo max bandwagon real quick because while you like the movies uh i can say that the harley quinn show on hbo max the oh cartoon, my god love it i have seen it <laughs> it's so good harley quinn good. you gave me cancer I'm a ghost. <laughs> that show's so damn funny. Of course, getting access to the Suicide Squad, and also I, I wouldn't get rid of it because Dune's coming out, and I would like to watch Dune on yep. HBO Max. It's and so that one HBO Max isn't going anywhere anytime oh, no. soon. So, I'm, I'm paying for that one. HBO it's Max be, is so. It's going to be interesting to see if they take a hit 
next year because they have said that in 2022 their movies are not coming doing theater and HBO Max day and date. That's a 2021 thing only. But man, that's going to be a hard thing to take away now that people have gotten used to it. So let me uh, let me let me jump on please, where please you said HBO. Away. HBO Max has movies. I would say that's why I like Hulu so much is because I can watch. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which was at one point an NBC show and then at one point a Fox show or vice versa. And I was always able to watch it on Hulu. And when I wanted to go back and watch Parks and Rec, it was all on Hulu. And when I wanted to go back, I had never seen uh, 30 Rock and all of 30 Rock is on Hulu. So it's just all these shows and Jahan, Jahan said anime and Hulu pretty much has trash for movies. Uh, almost all of them are bad, except for... They don't have uh, the best selection now. It's that Andy Samberg one that they bought. I mean, um, it wasn't an original. I know what you're talking about. That movie was great. Oh, Palm Springs. Palm, Palm Springs. Springs, yeah. Palm Love Springs is awesome. So Palm Springs was great, you know. Then and and Hulu, Hulu's gonna Hulu's gonna stick around, I think. Uh, especially it's owned by Disney, and it's I don't think Hulu's going anywhere. It's gonna be a big player for a yeah. long time. Now, so H- so to uh, to give credit to HBO Max, I mean the the stuff they have, uh, they have what DC, Warner Brothers. Uh, what else they got? They got Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. They have those licenses. Uh, oh, they have the uh, South Park. The South Park specials are on South HBO. Park, yes. Uh, are oh, they, yeah, they're I'm the ones that bought Matt Stone and Trey Parker. How could I forget? I watch John Oliver. I watch John Oliver every week. I watch Last Week Tonight. I, I love yep. watching Last Week Tonight. Last Week Tonight is amazing. To show how confusing this stuff is, the South Park Library is currently on HBO Max, but actually the deal that y'all are citing, the big mega deal that Matt uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone just signed for all those specials was with Paramount+. Plus. So <laughs> those like 14 movies or whatever they're supposed to be doing, that's with Paramount, but yet currently the South Park Library is on HBO Max. I don't know how that stuff well, works or how that's going to change in the future. Now that you say that, I used to watch South Park on Hulu. Because yeah. Comedy Central used to have a ton of stuff on Hulu, yeah. and then they they went to HBO. So stuff I really actually hands a lot. While I was watching South Park, like I heard the new season was out, I go to Hulu and I'm like, oh, maybe they just haven't uploaded it yet. So like three weeks go by, and I'm like, where the fuck is South Park? And I literally had to log into the HBO app, even though I pay for HBO Hulu edition. Uh, so I had to log into the HBO app to watch South Park because they took it off of Hulu and put it on only HBO. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is where I used to watch your show. And so I'm sure Paramount will do the same thing at some point, right? They'll they'll try to buy it off of HBO and get the library over there. It's uh, the same as Friends was on Netflix, and that was a big deal when the whole series of Friends was there. And then, of course, um, once HBO Max launched, you know, Netflix got taken off. Or excuse me, Friends got taken off Netflix, and now it's on HBO Max. And that HBO Max did the big reunion, the Friends reunion. So it's just they're all pumping money into these services. Yeah. This is this is the new money maker for all these companies. It's a war, um, man. It's a war. I'll say uh, before we move on, because you know we've I think we we've pretty much depleted this topic as much as we can, which it's actually been a really good discussion. But I'll say shout out to Apple TV Plus because, in my opinion, they have the best <clears throat> interface. I like their app probably the most. I just think it looks very pretty compared to some of the other ones. Maybe that's just me. Um, and then also uh, shout out to Shudder. We hadn't mentioned that, but just for any folks yes. that like horror out there, um, Shudder is where it's at. Shudder so, has and- original content. Uh, they have their own grading system. 
they have they have a lot of good movies. Uh, and a couple other things, uh, something I want to talk about uh, real quick. Netflix. Uh, some of the things, so I do like to browse Netflix a lot. I don't know why, uh, but one of the things that they really do, I feel, is they bring foreign films uh, to a Western audience in a very big way, and I really got to give them credit for that because, like, I, I'm seeing all these foreign movies I would have never heard of if it wasn't for them, and it's really cool uh, that they're doing that. I feel like that's a big deal in uh, cinema. Well, that's actually a good point, because I, I, I mentioned Roma earlier as being one of their big Oscar pushes a couple of years ago, which Roma is a uh, Spanish-language film, and it won the Oscar, I believe it won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film the year that it came out and was nominated for Best Picture. So it just goes to show the that, yeah, that's something that they're willing to put that the effort and the money behind, which is cool. I've used so many of these and I've used so many of their functions and search functions and pauses and rewinds and backed out of menus and gone back into shows. So I have a pretty good understanding of all these different programs, all, all the different softwares and the user interfaces in them and how easy or hard they are to use. And I am, I don't like Disney pluses because it seems to kind of reset you at the, this show just came out instead of setting you back to your episode it puts you in a weird spot at the top of the queue um which is strange because hulu's doesn't work that way and it's owned by of course the same company hulu's is much more clean paramount pluses is really laggy it's really bad it's hard to search uh i had to search everybody hates chris to find everybody hates chris because everybody didn't do it and then everybody hates didn't do it and then neither did c h r I S and then finally the show came up and I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Uh, and, and, uh, it, it's, I've, I've used them. I've used them all. Apple TV is okay. Honorable mention just because uh, Ted Lasso is on Apple TV and I like Ted Lasso, but I didn't have Apple TV and I won't still use Apple TV when this season of Ted Lasso is over until I go back to watching more Ted Lasso. I think Apple TV will be one to watch in the future. They just don't have the library built up yet. They're still slowly rolling out some of their shows and they don't have, you know, it's not like Paramount Plus or HBO Max where they have like a backlog of, of studio films to put on there. I mean, Apple TV Plus is truly their original content and there's not a whole lot. Um, they, they've had some good things like there's a Beastie Boys um uh, documentary or type show that's on there that's that's actually really good um ted lasso of course right now the the morning show is the big one they dump a lot of money into with jennifer aniston and uh and uh, uh, uh reese witherspoon of course and uh yeah yeah uh it'll be interesting to see where where apple tv plus is at maybe not even in a year but in two or three years I wouldn't be surprised with Apple's history if they just decided to pull the plug at some point. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if you're right, if it's one of the big contenders in a few years. I could see it going either way, for real. Um, the Netflix, for their software, they have the Play Anything option, which we've actually, Annie and I have used before, just play something. It just puts on a movie that it thinks you're going to like, and you can just hit skip and go to the next one. Uh, the other apps don't have that feature. I know it's a weird feature and kind of a stupid feature, but we use it if just for background noise. Um, 
we, we like that. And of course, Netflix saves where you pause. And when you log back in, it's right there ready for you. It knows where you logged in and logged out. They have great, great software. We'll see if, if the software of these games plays a part in the future of these different streaming services. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I, I have problems with that, with some of the services because of that stuff. Oh, Jahan, of course, Netflix gaming with a big asterisk there. We'll see how that goes. Not just Netflix gaming. I believe Amazon's doing one, too. Amazon has announced that they're also going to be doing a, a video game streaming service. Oh, you just reminded me, too, because that was something I wanted to mention with Amazon in particular, because we really haven't talked about Prime Video too much. No. And, you know, for me, honestly, it's just because they just don't have much original content that I've been that interested i mean obviously invincible was a was a big one this year invincible was hot hot fire invincible uh, was the best superhero show this year yeah probably it was amazing and it, it was going <laughs> it against the against. marvel disney stuff and yep. it was still amazing uh it, it was everything that you ever wanted uh and also they have the expanse which i'm a huge fan of well, and it just seems like they're making moves on the chessboard for the future. Obviously, <laughs> we know that they are dumping all the money into the Lord of the Rings show, Most which that's going to be show. That's going to be like the cultural touchstone next year. I think that's going to be the show that I think takes over pop culture and all the discussions. <laughs> that's what everybody Hate, will be talking uh, about when it comes out. To everybody there at that company at Amazon that chose to spend the money that way. You have chosen wisely because I will get the app again for that show, and you might hook me with something else. So, good job doing what you did the with Lord your Lord of mind. the Rings show is going... If it's bad, I don't know what to tell you. It shouldn't I, You be. know what? I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think they can afford for it to be bad I, with how much they've spent on it. So... And and then you've got they they uh, the wheel of time is a very yes. popular fantasy book yes. series and they've got that series coming out and then they did just uh, worth noting they purchased MGM uh, this earlier this year so they'll have the whole back catalog of MGM and all those franchises most notably you know Amazon does own the James Bond franchise now <laughs> so Shit. it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out in the future so. We'll see. We'll see. They're all they're making plays. Yeah, you know, no, these studios. Sounds like Amazon's one. in a prime position <laughs> uh, to become the home of fantasy almost, uh, which is exciting. again, this just makes me think with all these streaming services and all of these terrible fucking shows that get made. It's just if you make a script, you're going to get your show made at this point. There are so many directors and writers and creators getting one shot right now that are just maybe you'll never hear of them and see of them ever again right uh, i think that this would be the time to do it for young creators and my advice would be take the fucking shot because if one company tells you no there are literally dozens of production companies making movies for these streaming services yes so pitch your script man send it to every single fucking company uh, knock on doors show up bring it with you uh, this is the time to get your shit made, I think. I do not disagree. And I think maybe we should even throw some scripts out there, buddy. Hey, man, taking my own advice has always been one of my hardest, uh, <laughs> one of my hardest headed things. Hey, uh, that's, that, I feel like that's true for most people. 
hopefully we can just inspire other uh, young creators out there to create. I, we, we were just touching on it, and we're going to move on, but I just want to once again say I have uh, so my, I'm so excited for Lord of the Rings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my mind. I'm so that excited. That will definitely be a big weekly discussion on this podcast, I'm oh, yeah. sure, whenever that, that show does come out. Um, that was, uh, so that was our take on essentially the streaming wars, you know, in general. Uh, and I'm sure that there'll be more evolutions of that discussion in the future as things can, continue to, to change. Can we hashtag streaming wars tonight? Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag streaming wars for sure. Hashtag streaming wars at us, uh, at rock fact for me at casualty CDG for Gary at drew Munhausen and at fresh underscore out the box. I don't yeah, know why that tripped me up uh, <laughs> uh, for the channel itself. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so, so uh, let's talk about what else is uh, is fresh out the box here. How, how wanna, about it? You want to talk about movies or? Hey, Gary, I, didn't you have something about pirates or something? What? Video game pirates video game. Oh, I, I give me a second. I, I didn't write it down. I'll have to go. I have to look it up in a second. We'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, I'll yeah. figure it out. I do, of course, have movies to talk. I can always talk movies. And I, I was going to say, do we want to do movies or, or shows? Because I have only have one show this week, actually. Well, then let's let's do shows first, because I only have one show as well. And I don't have too much to say about it, other than I found it to be super charming. Um, I did mention earlier with Disney, or excuse me, with Paramount Plus, like all the different shows my daughter watches on there. She also likes watching some of the Mickey Mouse stuff and whatnot on Disney Plus. But one thing that she liked in particular is there is a uh, a little series that just got put on Disney Plus here recently. It's short. It's only five episodes, and they're each about ten minutes long. Called Doug Days. Um, if you've seen the Pixar movie Up, uh, if you're familiar, you might know that in in that movie. There is a dog named Doug, and Doug wears a collar that allows him to speak, or allow you to hear his his speech, what he's saying. Um, and I love Doug. I, I really like the movie Up. It still holds up as well, um, despite it being, I don't know, 13, 12 years old now or so, I think, since uh, it came Up out. is a great one. Yeah, so there is a, a, a short form series on disney plus called doug days that is about um doug and he lives with carl now from up uh and just some of the adventures that he gets into and these are short they're funny they're charming they're adorable especially if you have a little one or you just need something to throw on doug days i get if you liked up and you thought doug the dog was funny Definitely give Doug Days a watch. It's it's pretty. Almost pretty cute. watched it the other day. Wound up watching uh, Monsters at Work instead, um, which was also very good. Yeah, from what little I saw of that, uh, Annie was watching. I looked over her shoulder. It actually looked pretty decent. Yeah, Doug Days looks. Uh, I mean, I love dogs, and Doug from Up was especially very cute. I have still been watching <laughs> Reservation Dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're probably coming towards the close of the season and we're learning a bit more about the characters. There has been uh, 
two pretty emotional episodes back to back. One was all about dealing with the loss of uh, a friend as close as a brother. And of course, the next one gave even more detail and suicide warning uh, to anybody watching that one. Uh, so it's it's a little dark, but it's you know, it's it's the story of how hard life is on the res. So uh, it's it's n absolutely based in truth. I would say it's, it's some of the darkness and mental health is real and uh, Jahan Mental Health Awareness liner link somewhere if we have one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'll link something in the uh, the chat. Uh, but definitely, uh, if you need to talk to somebody, call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Uh, you know. Drew, Drew, what's the name of that fucking pirate game for Xbox? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Nuts fit in your mouth! <laughs> about to quit this podcast <laughs> on the spot. Go walk away and go watch Aquaman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that the whole reason you brought it up earlier? Is that why it was brought up? Was to make me? that joke? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gary texted okay. Gary texted me that joke uh uh and he got me with it. And he also texted it to you. And I was like, did you get Drew yet? You got to do it on the podcast. So he unsent it to you. <laughs> uh. That was the unsent message that I had. <laughs> Facebook Messenger. I was wondering about that. <laughs> oh, God. That was, oh, man. The joke wasn't even half as funny as your reaction. You know, I bet Drew was like, I hope he's feeling okay with his mental health. And really, I was just getting ready to hit him with the these nuts joke. <laughs> pretty much. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> well, okay. Back to shows. I did. We didn't talk about it last week. Um, in last week's pod, which considering we've talked about it in like on every episode leading up to this, um, Ted Lasso, I just want to make note of because as at the time of this recording, the most recent episode to have come out was the ninth episode, I believe, which is the, the beards night out episode. And I will say considering Gary and I, you know, sing the praises of the show each week, this was the only episode for me this season so far that's been a, a disappointment and has seemed like a bit of a misstep. Now, I believe from our conversations before and what and what I've heard about this season is this season of Ted Lasso was originally announced as being 10 episodes. Then they upped it to 12. And so there were two additional episodes that they filmed. If I had to guess, those two additional episodes were this one and the Christmas episode that aired er earlier this season. Because they're the ones that didn't really advance much of anything. They're just kind of extra content. The Christmas episode, though, was at least, um, you know, very, very charming and, and nice and, and just very feel good. This episode to me was just, man, I hate to say unnecessary. And honestly, if any show currently on the air has earned an episode to not really advance the plot or for not much to happen or to be disappointing it's ted lasso because they really haven't missed yet so i get it but man i just you know eh. so i i would like to to do a couple of the callbacks to our podcast one we had talked about whether or not we thought rebecca and sam were going to have a relationship 
uh, and that seems to now we're a couple weeks removed, so we can talk about it. It seems that that's happening, and what a cool fucking thing to happen in the plot. They have great chemistry. I'm so excited to see it. I don't know if I like it. It makes me so... It's icky. Of course! <laughs> it might fall apart, and he might get... It might ruin. He might have to get traded off the team. All sorts of stuff. It's ripe for plot point. But their on-screen chemistry is is really good. They're both I will, great. I will say that I thought that scene of them meeting up at the restaurant and realizing that it was them, I thought was handled really well. I was like, oh man, you know, there's the awkwardness, but then it handled well. But then the way that the episode kind of came back to it at the end, I was like, oh, loved it. Loved so, it. Oh. Perfect, man. It's exactly what we, what I, what I wanted. Um, Beard's episode. I, so, so I think in that same episode I'm talking about, and maybe it was the one afterwards, they had. It's obviously, if you haven't figured it out at this point, sp I think sp spoilers, spoilers coming up. Oh, right. Oh, we're already, we've already been talking about it, but just, you know, this, at the time, again, of this recording, I the, this is the newest episode, when you're actually listening to this podcast, there will have been another new episode of Ted Lasso. And at this that point, means. Hopefully. It will have been really good, <laughs> you know. That means that the episode that I'm talking about happened three weeks ago from this recording. So I, if, if it's spoiled to you after three weeks, I don't feel that bad. Um, so if you, it, Yeah, if you haven't watched yeah. it yet, you're just not a true lasso head. And come on. Damn, Drew, tell them. <laughs> you're not a lasso nerd. Drew's the lasso gatekeeper. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't right know. Now. Is that, do you want to be that? Is that a good thing? So in the episode, maybe two episodes ago, <clears throat> they had made a joke about Beard being on mushrooms at one of the games because he drank the wrong tea. And so immediately I wanted to see that story. And so at the beginning of the episode, this day with Beard, I thought that we were going to get that prequel story of how he accidentally wound up drinking mushroom tea. And I really think they could have fit it into the plot of that episode and at least made it a clever throwback, but it was a missed opportunity. Uh, and the rest of the episode, it I, I like Beard. I wanted to see more about Beard, and a lot of what happened I thought was super fucking funny uh, because Beard is so mysterious. He says so little, but he goes out, he makes three best friends, they go to a giant party, he gets fucking brought home by a girl. He gets chased out by a giant muscle head. He gets beat up in the alleyway, which, again, throwback. I asked you if you thought we were going to get more of Jamie Tart's piece of shit dad, and you were like, God, I hope not. And I was like, I hope we do, man. Hey, guys, that guy's a real piece of shit. <laughs> we get to see Jamie Tart's dad again. And so the episode was just all over the place, and it's all in one night. And it's just, uh, you know, it's... To me, the essence of Beard, who is so quiet and so calm and collected, and then his life outside of being a coach is just this absolutely unbelievable, eclectic collection of events that are so fucking unbelievable, you you wouldn't believe it if he told you anyways. So that maybe is why he doesn't talk so much. I think all of that actually by you was was really well said and it's, it makes me come around on it a little bit because i agree that on paper all the weird things that happened in this episode i'm like i get it i get why they said yeah let's do this 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 will be good i think the problem for me is you, you know you you mentioned that beard is very quiet um and i th and so maybe this is a maybe this is just my issue but i just loved beard having this 
off camera, super strange life with his, you know, obviously his strange sex life, his strange activities and all of that, that they just kind of he would make just enough comments to let you know that there was weirdness. But a lot of it was left to your imagination. And so I think that's the problem is that seeing it on screen, it almost for me just wasn't weird enough or out there enough. I loved it. And I love that this is just one night in the life of Beard. This isn't a collection of what he's been through this season. This is not some huge event. Like, this is just a regular game that they lost. And really, he just went to go ride on a train to clear his mind and then wound up in doing Beard stuff just because strange circumstances appear to surround him and inhabit his life, even if he goes all the way across the Atlantic. Uh, He's just destined to be surrounded in weird shit again. Uh, I I love it. And like you said, it, 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 it may limit the imagination, but to me it adds so much more to it because he doesn't hang out with those guys. They didn't know him. That was the first night they've ever hung out. It'll probably be the last night they ever hang out. Beard is just always doing something, anything, so fucking bizarre. Uh, back alley clubs, you know, getting beat down by ripped, muscly dudes, what have you. The, the only other problem I had with it was that, you know, we've been led to get the impression that his relationship with Jane is an, is an unhealthy thing. And then, so in this episode, you're seeing from his point of view and his relationship, and then it's kind of like a happy ending at the end of him with her, but then in the back of your mind, you're like, but that's not good. So, that, so it's just kind of weird when you're watching, you're like, I'm not, I, I'm not really invested in them, and I don't so know if they should be I, I like that, too, because everyone has had a friend who had a girlfriend that people didn't fucking like. And that person wants that girl to say, I love you. And that person loves that girl, and you can't tell them otherwise. And you're right, in Beard's story, that's a huge success, and we as viewers are like, no, 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 don't fucking say it. And then I think it left us with a great point where she said it, but he didn't even get to fucking reply because his phone died. So probably next time they talk, she'll be pissed off at him, and they won't be together. So we'll win in the end. And to your uh, point I again, this, this episode was from his perspective. So it makes sense that it, w- that it was played almost like a rom-com to a degree of, yes. you know, a happy ending. And it and we, we as an audience got the real happy ending that he didn't get to be with her. He he, he had to walk home in the <laughs> middle of the night alone. <laughs> and, and he had to bring breakfast in the morning, you know. So <laughs> it absolutely, I thought was, was, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, I, it gets so much hate it's it's weird how much i I don't want to call it outlash because people who like ted lasso aren't going to outlash at the show but it's no one's favorite episode it seems and as a a person who loves coach beard i thought this episode was good yeah i think it's just as an episode of tv it's fine as an episode of ted lasso where i think our expectations are just so high because the show hasn't missed a beat it just wasn't exactly what i wanted but it's fine and it wasn't more plot development soon i'm sure it was not an ensemble episode and it is an ensemble show it was just a day in the life of beard and we needed that episode eventually to because beard is so strange yeah Um, and i'm glad we got it and it's out of the way and i would not like to see another beard episode but i'm glad we got one 
Jahan, thanks for listening to our Ted Lasso discussion. Oh, no, you guys seem to like it so much. I don't mind at all. Yeah, it's it's definitely my favorite ongoing show currently. I really liked all your input about Jamie Tart, Jahan. (laughs) What's Jamie Tart? And and Roy, I'm not surprised at all that you like Roy so much. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's why they call me a Roy boy. They they would call you a Roy boy. Do you have uh, do you have Apple Plus, John? Apple TV, no. whatever it is. You should uh, you should look into that. You should talk to somebody, see if your brother has it or something. To get some Ted Lasso, yeah, no, I definitely. Uh, it would be nice to watch. Uh, I do, Lasso, I love Jason Sudeikis. So Ted Lasso is a special kind of feel good show. It is a totally special kind of feel good show. I don't know how they do it every single episode. It's phenomenal. Oh. It's like a it's like a warm blanket for your heart. I don't and like feel good. Yes, you do. You won't. You don't even know how good you like to feel. Jahan, do you have any shows or anything to talk about, or should I do a quick dive and do a few movies? I promise not to take too. Oh uh, yeah, no. Go ahead and do your. I don't have any shows uh, this week to talk about. Okay. Well, I'll just mention a couple movies. Um, one I watched. Don't Breathe, which is a 2016 horror movie that actually has a sequel that's out in theaters right now, which is why I watched the first one, because I hopefully I'll catch the second one soon. But I I wanted to see the the first one. I was interested. The premise of this movie is um, it is about three young people who um, like to break into people's houses to to. you know, just find what they can and, and sell it to try to make some money. And in this movie, they break into the house of a blind veteran um, who has some some baggage of his own and basically get trapped in his house with him as he's trying to, to kill them. So that's kind of the premise is these kids get stuck in the wrong house with this blind guy who's super intimidating Whatever. That's general premise. Who, I, does anybody of note play the blind guy? It's um, of course his name's escaping me, but it's um. I know yes. it's. I want you to say Stephen it's John Lang. Man. I know it isn't. Yes, John. it's Stephen Lang. So, uh, I think the thing you've probably seen him in is he's the main bad guy in James Cameron's Avatar movie. Ah, yeah. Um, oh shit! Yeah. Isn't he in Starship Troopers? Is he? Starship Troopers, the greatest movie that ever did was? I know who you're talking about, I think. He may not be in Starship Troopers, but maybe he was in that Terra Nova show. He was in the Terra Nova show for sure. Terra Nova was awesome. Oh, yeah, man. That that show. That guy looks like like a fucking B-grade Ron Perlman. I love that guy. Yes. And I think people even campaigned <laughs> for him to play Cable in the X-Men movies because he's yeah, got... Oh, he would have been a good cast. I did. I actually shared some of those tweets at the time because I thought he would have been great, but Josh Brolin fucking smashed it. My, my man Brolin killed it, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Uh, this so this Stephen, movie, I actually Stephen remember Lang. from the viral marketing they did for Don't Breathe where they had like a VR thing where you could like look around and like he was walking around and trying to get you. It was pretty I cool. Would- I think I would watch this. This sounds nice and thriller scary. There's there's definitely a <laughs> a like a shock moment in it. You know how some of these horror movies will build themselves build themselves up and then there's like a little twist or just a moment of shock horror or 
grossness. It has that in it. I'll just that's all I'll say about it. It's but... like uh like do you mean it's like uh really violent? It's like a No, not this moment that I'm talking about. Is it more like a twist? Yeah. Okay, okay. That's all. I'm not I don't want you to spoil it. I'm just like some some movies have like a blood eagle all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to talk about sudden it blood without eagle. spoiling it, so I just won't say, but, but it's definitely I would a, say uh... that a sudden blood eagle is not a spoiler. That's just a shocking, disturbing image. Uh that's not horror, that's just violence. So, uh while we're on the topic of the blind, uh, I do believe there's actually a movie I was thinking of earlier that I, uh, this reminded me of it uh, with Jason Momoa. I think it's called Seeing. Is that? It's a show. It's a show it's on, on Apple TV Plus. On Apple TV Plus, yeah. Uh, everyone's blind, and they're yeah. talking about like one day someone will be able to see and uh, the power they'll wield. I don't know. You know uh, why this cool. show is fucking stupid, Jahan? Why? Do you know why? Because all of their fucking outfits match. They wear like matching brown and black fucking clothes with jewelry and shit. And the whole time, I'm just like, why the fuck would they care about fashion? And I guess eventually they add Batistas to the show. He's so, in the new season, yes. So maybe I need to go back and watch it because I do love Batistas. Batistas and Jason Momoa back at why, it again. Why are you calling him Batistas? Why are you fine? Is this a thing? Even yeah. Jason Momoa can't save uh, this show. It's I would rather watch his Netflix show that got canceled where he was a fucking fur trapper. Uh, but now that they got <laughs> Frontiers, yeah, I'd rather watch Frontier than watch C. The first couple episodes. I'd rather of C. I'd rather watch either of those things than Aqua. <laughs> the first couple episodes of C were so bad, but. I think it's been established. Batistas is my boy. Yeah, Batistas go... do be do be hitting good though. I love Batistas. I actually finally watched. Uh... Make this, don't make. I keep calling him out for Batistas, <laughs> and he's just ignoring me. Is this a good time, Jahan, to mention that this week's hashtag is Batistas? Yeah, hit us with the hashtag Batistas uh, to let us know that you're a fan of the ma- the manimal himself, uh, Dave Batista. Yeah, he has a he has a, a little son tattooed around his belly button, so you know he means business. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, sorry for the inside, Drew. Uh, what was the? Uh, the other Don't movie? breathe. I, I I would go ahead and say I'd say it's fresh out the box, but not like not a hearty fresh out the box, but like it's fresh. It out the arrives box. edible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I oh. think I want to watch that, Drew. I, I think you. I do me too. I definitely want to watch it. I and, and again, like like I said, it has a sequel out in theaters now. I'm not really sure what. I I think that I know Stephen Lang's back in the sequel, so I'm not Except sure. Except this time he's deaf. I I think actually they've kind of <laughs> Terminator would it, made him into like the good guy of the movie and not not the villain somehow. So I'm interested to see how that that plays out. Um, one other thing, I've been watching just some uh, John Carpenter stuff in general. Some of the podcasts I listen to are, are doing the dive into to Carpenter, and he's kind of a blind spot for me, honestly. I've seen Halloween a million times, and I've seen a couple others like Christine and whatnot, but otherwise, big blind spot. So I've recently just cranked out um, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, um, all of which I, had, I honestly i am embarrassed to say, but I hadn't seen before. And I've just been really enjoying that ride through James Carpenter's filmography, and I, I plan to continue it. 
uh, one thing I wanted to note because just a cool film fact that I didn't know, and it was, you know, I was again ashamed that I didn't know this, but I thought it was really cool. As we all know, Jamie Lee Curtis is horror royalty now. You know, from starring in Halloween, and she kind of got her start as a as a scream queen. Um, so that's that's pretty well known, and obviously she's still in the Halloween movies. Yeah, um, I didn't realize Jamie Lee Curtis Lee. She's the daughter of Janet Lee, but Lee spelled differently. L e i g h is how Janet Lee spells her name. Who is the iconic um, performer in Psycho, in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho? You know the famous oh, wow. um, shower scene. You know that everybody knows from Psycho. So that's Janet Lee, which is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. So her, so Jamie Lee Curtis comes from horror royalty. And that's the whole reason that Carpenter cast Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween was because she's the <laughs> daughter of, of Janet Lee. And, you know, it's kind, kind of a agree. cool nod yeah. in the horror universe. And then it turned out, hey, she's she's actually a pretty good actress and now she's super famous. So I thought that was neat that her, her you know, she really comes from horror. And, ha- and Halloween is probably my favorite of the classic slashers. Mine uh, is definitely uh, uh Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is, is, is definitely... Not Jason. The, not the original one, but all of the other ones. Jason Voorhees is uh, is definitely a badass. But yeah, I do. I love John Carpenter. Uh, I have one other fun fact about, uh, about Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She is also... Uh, she is Chad's mom. Which, if you know Chad and you know Chad's <laughs> mom, then you'll know that Chad's mom is Jamie Lee Curtis. That's, that's a very insane... <laughs> I'm not going to explain any of that for people who don't know. I'm just going to leave that as it is. I do like that they can't even look him up because that's not his real name. <laughs> one, one last thing that I'll uh, I'll mention before we um, get through the last couple of things. Uh, I also watched uh, a movie called Jackie. And I watched this because currently at all the film festivals, and I mentioned this in a past episode, there's a movie with um, Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana called called Spencer and it's getting a lot of rave reviews and Kristen Stewart's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar this year and yada 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 it's directed by Pablo Lorraine and and Pablo Lorraine's last one of his last movies was a movie called Jackie and that's why I watched it because it's just coming up in conversation a lot now in the film circles um and this movie is uh, Natalie Portman playing Jackie Kennedy in the day the days immediately after um the JFK assassination. So it's a very fascinating look at grief and vanity and trying to grieve while putting on, you know, a certain public image and while also trying to leave your mark on history. It's a very interesting um, performance by Natalie Portman. She's really going for it in this movie. She was nominated for an Oscar back in the, uh, in 2017. So Anyway, I watched it just because I wanted to do that as as research before the upcoming movie. That's really all I have to say about it. I did like it. It was good. <laughs> no, that's 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 cool, man. No, that looks good. I I haven't I probably heard of this movie, but I definitely didn't check it out. Uh, it looks interesting, and I do love Natalie Portman. I also am a big fan of Natalie Portman. Ever since Black Swan. Ever since V for Vendetta for me. That was a big one for me. I love that movie. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyone else have any movie or show news? Because I was no, going to pop it over onto games. Uh, yeah, man. It's all you. 
Uh, yeah, so I've been, you know, I like to look through uh, some of the new stuff uh, pretty much regularly. Like, one of my guilty pleasures is going through Steam uh, queues, where they, like, curate a list for you to look at. I like to go through. Uh, first and foremost, I'm going to start off with a game called Kiwi. Uh, Kiwi is a cute cooperative postal puzzler starting, uh, starring Jeff and Deborah, two small Kiwi birds working in a whimsical post office. Uh, and so it's like a puzzle game and where you're playing Kiwis, you're jumping around, it's co-op. Uh, it looks very fun, very cute. Uh, and I, I like these kinds of games. I feel like they definitely have their time and place. Um, and this one looks very fun. Uh, speaking of cute animal games, uh, we have this new game, Web. Uh, which is a uh, a retro style physics based uh, spider webbing game, uh, where you play these cute little spiders and you swing around and do various things. Uh, it looks like you can do a lot of stuff with the webs, uh, and it looks very fun. Uh, I don't know if that tickles y'all's fancy. It uh, does look kind of cool, just the uh, the physics of like the web engine. It looks like there's a giant crow like the size of the screen that comes in and tries uh, to eat you guys. So it does, yeah, even though it's just a 2D platformer, which is not my favorite style of game, it does look like there's something there. It to be looks afraid. like there's something going on here that's very unique, yes. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Uh, and then, uh, on to some dice game news. Uh, Lost in Random. Uh, Lost in Random looks amazing uh it's from ea uh maybe not my favorite publisher they do tend to but they do a lot of good games you got to give them credit for that um and this looks lost and random looks very much like uh americans uh american mcgee's alice uh, if you guys remember that game uh highly stylized it looks it looks a lot like that and also kind of looks like uh little nightmares like kind of like a mix between those uh, and it so it's billed as a gothic fairy tale inspired action adventure uh, where every citizen's face uh, fate is determined by a roll of the dice. Uh, you have a companion who is a, a six sided dice, um, and it looks like there are lots of mechanics based on that. Uh, you can see they roll dice <laughs> to see what happens to them. Um, I don't know. This game looks crazy. This game looks amazing. It's beautiful, and it looks like a lot of fun. Um, and then my last, uh, game here on the list, it's a game that I've been looking at for a little while now, uh, Dice Legacy. Uh, Dice Legacy is a dice-based survival city builder set on a mysterious ring world. Uh, and so it is a city building simulation kind of game, uh, where you have this pool of dice, uh, and in real time you have to use those dice to assign them to buildings and to people to, and to, like, resources, to get resources and to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, and it looks very unique, if nothing else. Uh, and with a price tag of, I believe, $20. Like, it's definitely something I might be checking out. Uh, it looks like uh, just this awesome mix of all these things I love. Dice games, city builders, uh, and, like, survival city builders, like Frostpunk. Um, and it's very, it looks very fun. And that's, like, my, that's my video game roundup for this week. I have been talking about Limnus Gate since we started this podcast. Yeah. It, it's like been fucking 12 weeks. It's been pre-installed. It's been ready to go. This bitch updated last week. It did like an 8 gig update. And I was like, I wonder if it's ready or like pre-beta or something. That's a big update. No. Still no. Still can't play it. Still waiting to play Limnus Gate. 
it comes out 928 because they made it a clever rhyme limitless gate 928 i don't know if they did it on purpose but it's been stuck in my head for 12 fucking weeks <laughs> that'll be that'll be this week this episode drops and it'll be available later this yes, week so it will uh, be available two days from when this comes out and then next time on fresh out the podcast you'll get to hear if my 12 week incubation on this game <laughs> sitting on my xbox pre-installed I, also worth the wait. I'm also uh, excited about this one. It is. I, we have talked about Limnus Gate, of course, before. As I fucking mentioned, it is a first-person. It's billed as a first-person, turn-based uh, shooter where you have different classes and different weapons. Uh, and it being first-person and turn-based is interesting. I want to see what it's like. It's cooperative, and I think it even has a cooperative campaign. Um, so it's got a lot of things that I like. It's a lot of words that I like. I, I like RPG elements. I like cooperative. I like turn-based. Um, and first-person games are fine. Third-person games are fine, too. Whatever. Uh, as long as I can play with my friends. So please have a better release than The Ascent. Uh, please let me be please, able to yeah, play this have game. a better release than The Ascent. And just not fucking crash over and over uh, like Outriders or the Xbox Ascent. Game Pass. Man, they've been dropping so many games lately, including oh. Skatebirds, um, I Am Fish, which looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Twelve minutes. I just downloaded I Am Fish. Me I'm, too. I, I want to play it. Yeah, I just downloaded like uh, I I think I downloaded the four newest games, including. Uh, Son of Crimson, which looks pretty interesting. It's a old school style uh, side scrolling RPG. Uh, and then, yeah, I am fish. I don't even know what to say about I am fish. Uh, it reminds me of I am bread. It might be the same people. I don't know. Uh, the, the name is leads me to believe it could the be. Name the name leads me to believe so. Uh, <laughs> Skate birds looks like Tony Hawk, except your birds, uh, which is funny. They could have just called it Tony Hawk. Because that is also a bird, uh, <laughs> and then uh, what's the the very last one on the queue? I don't recall. Uh, I could find out. I have a bunch of games going on right now, and I'm very happy. Also, so well, I was going to say while you're looking that up, I'll talk about Battlefield news. Uh, Battlefield was delayed by one month. Uh, I think that is fine. A lot of people that I've had conversations with. I've said some really interesting things about how did they not know it was going to take another month? And I'm like, bro, they announced this game at E3 this year. They didn't announce this five years ago. They basically surprise announced it. I didn't think it was even going to come out this calendar year. And they said, hey, it'll be out in a couple months. If they need a month to get something right, uh, go for it. Bro. Absolutely. Have at it. Battlefield games have been great. But I just have this feeling and uh, immediately I was like, so tell me with that extra month, they're going to work on their fucking matchmaking, right? They're going to make sure their yeah. servers can handle the amount of players that they need on day one. They're going to matchmaking's going to work on day one, right? Tell me no, that's what you're no, using no, this no, month for. No, no, it's not. No, no way. I, that's not how games work. They don't give a shit. They already have your money. <laughs> you, no way. Uh, but uh, no, Battlefield. Yeah, I'm fine with it taking an extra month. I don't want. I'm tired of rushed out games. I'm tired of incomplete we, games. Are we buying Battlefield on PC or Xbox because we don't have Series X's? Yeah. And the Series X version and PlayStation 5 version and PC version run larger servers. You can run 128 players. Might have to get it on the on the PC, buddy. 
in the other versions, it's only half that for the original Xbox or for Xbox One. I want to get in on the big battles. If you get the Series X version, does it come with the Xbox One version as well? And then if that way, if you upgrade your console, you would have access to the... I would guess the answer to that is yes. They have a term for that. I don't remember what they call it. Smart uh, delivery. Yeah, there you go. Smart delivery. Yeah. Uh, with, I, with certain games, I think that means it just automatically determines what you have, but it's, it's different with Battlefield and Call of Duty because they actually have different versions. Yeah. Like there's the Series X version and then there's the Xbox One version. So I don't know. See, Battlefield is my shooter uh, game. Battlefield is what I prefer. Uh, like, I don't, I don't want to play Call of Duty. Uh, I don't want to play most of those games. I want to play Battlefield. Battlefield's what I do. And 2042, finally, they're going back to the future. I'm excited to see what that means. Because the other one, I forget what it was called, like 2190, I don't know. Uh, That one was fire when it came out. Uh, They had mechs and all kinds of crazy shit. I'm excited to see what they do in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this title. I can't wait. And we'll be talking about it, I'm sure, when it comes out. Um, I'm not excited to buy it on PC, but you heard you you heard what we said. You just can't play the full experience on the systems, on the platforms, unless you're buying next gen, which is annoying. But here we are, here we are at the at the peak of next gen. It's 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 changing. It's switching over now. It is starting to finally switch over. You're starting to see games that are coming out that do look different. Finally, that do look next generation, uh, and that's exciting. Uh, even though it hurts my wallet, uh, it is. Did, did you ever figure out what that last one was, no. Jahan, on your Game Pass? Okay. Uh, uh, but I have been playing uh, Breath's Edge. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played that game, but it is. It's very much like a. It's kind of like a funnier Subnautica in space. Uh, and you're like flying through space, trying not to run out of air, trying to get from point A to point B, uh, and salvage stuff. Uh, it's pretty fun. Well, that's that's all I have, gentlemen. Do you guys have anything else in the entertainment world that we need to make sure everybody hears or watches or takes part in? I dove back into the Dune book. Just worth noting, I cranked out like 300 pages reading it in the past week um, out of excitement for the movie coming out. Do you want to... Do you want to play uh, Dune on our tabletop podcast every Wednesday from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central? I don't know if I'll be able to have seen your <laughs> tweets, and I, and I would like to play it, but I also don't know if I would be able to adhere to the, the consistency of the schedule. Yeah. You know, one of our other stars of the show is uh, a successful voice actor, Houston-based Thomas Avenger. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's kind of he's a pretty big deal. So you would be performing on on Caliber with some some pretty big stars. Um, y'all know, obviously, you know I love I love Dune, which is why I'm reading this book. And God, I like it so much. It's, Fear, uh, Drew. Fear is and my and the killer. movie's gonna have Batistas in it. And it's gonna have Batistas. Hashtag Batistas and Momoas. Yeah, Aquaman himself. Jahan, do you are you still reading Dune? I am reading Dune. Yeah, so both of you guys are currently reading Dune right now. Yeah, and also um, Drew, we can play the board game. Uh, they have a new one coming out too called Dune uh, Campaigns, I think, or something I like that. I definitely want to play the Dune board game. Let I, me let me go ahead and toot our horn real quick. Besides just mentioning Dune, the tabletop role playing game, let's let's really mention it. We're going to be playing Dune, the tabletop role playing game, on our channel 
uh, by Modifius Entertainment. Our first day, our session zero, is going to be Wednesday, September 29th, from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., twitch.tv backslash Jahananon. So that's that's our Dune piece. We've got some great friends over at Modifius that let us get our hands on the Dune book early. And a really cool thing about it is character building is like seven or eight steps. They, the system's super crunchy, which we love. It's really deep. But each one of those steps is a piece of lore. It's not just a number on your character sheet. You are accidentally building your history and your background and where you're from with each piece that you put on your character sheet. It's more than just a, a little crummy little character. And the mechanics there. feed into the lore uh, in such an amazing way. And it's just, I don't know, it's very exciting. Yeah, they the designers at Modifius put a lot of thought into how to make this game feel like Dune and not just like it's not just like D&D with Dune skins on it. Uh, it. It's it's great. There's something very narrative to be said about this crunchy system, which is hard to do. You want to plug the other shows going on on Fresh Out of the Box? Uh, yeah, Wednesday we got uh, right now we got our last episode of Deadlands coming up. Uh, if you're listening, you already missed it. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> on Wednesday. Uh, uh, 8 till 11 is our standard time for all of our shows. On Thursday, we have Thursday Stage, which is going to be uh, The Expanse by Green Rona Publishing. Green Rona Publishing, uh, they've been very great to us. Uh, you can check, uh, you can use our affiliate code, uh, greenronenstore.com slash discount slash fresh out the box uh, to get a discount and support us financially. Uh, also, Fridays is our freeform Fridays. Uh, and soon, every other Friday will be modern age fridays uh also from green ronin in fact um this week this friday it should be october 1st which means it will be our session zero of modern age and we'll have guest robert wallace on the show and he should be joining us every other friday for modern age that guy that's exciting that is exciting man we're really happy to be working with him we were trying to get him to work with us on wednesdays but that's survivor night with kevin and uh, i know how important that is to the vaughn clan so uh we respect their decision and we're happy to have robert on fridays man just uh, to be able to work with him at all is uh, is a pleasure uh obviously uh check us out on youtube uh twitter twitch all that good stuff uh we're at johananan on twitch we are fresh out the box on youtube uh, fresh out the podcast on Spotify and Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, and fresh underscore out the box on Twitter. And yeah, I'm at Rockfact. I'm Johananon. I'm at Rockfact on Twitter. Uh, go ahead I'm, and hit me with that hashtag, Batisers. I'm Casualty CDG, and I'm at Casualty CDG on Twitter. You can get me with that hashtag, Batisters. I'm Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter at Drew's Blues on TikTok, and uh, I think that's it. We'll catch y'all next time. Whoa, 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 Drew! Oh. You forgot to say hit me with that hashtag Batistas. Hit me with that hashtag Batistas. Did y'all actually hear that next year's WrestleMania is gonna be James the Rock Johnson versus Batistas? Hell yeah! It, is that true? No. I was like, God, what an awful match. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Have a good night, everybody. Stay fresh.